welcome to The Sword and Laser. Uh, I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm John Merritt. And this is one of our Google Hangouts where we meet with an author and answer your questions live. Yes, by the way, we have enabled the uh, Q&A live button. So if you have any questions for us, just drop them into that field on the Google Hangout page or on YouTube. I'm not sure exactly where it shows up. I think it might be both. I think you can comment on the Google Hangout page and also on the YouTube page. Unless you're watching it later, then um, sorry. Then we're already in bed. Or you're like, too late out drinking somewhere. Um, but tonight, we are pleased to welcome Bill Gurji to the show. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, it's a real pleasure. So Bill is an author and also a technologist, and Tom and I both work in the technology field. Uh, what's been your experience with that, or, or how do you define technologist? Uh, well, for me, it's, uh, it's it has sort of an applied sense to it, in this, in, in meaning that uh, I spent an awful lot of time over the last um, 25 plus years uh, working in the field of, of computer science and building big systems and following the trends, uh, you know, in, in, uh, from everything from social media to uh, new devices that are coming out in the medical fields, et cetera. So technologist to me means uh, something very applied, although there is the PhD theoretical side of it that I love to sort of follow and read about. Um, so everything from God particles to, you know, you name it. <laughs> now, Bill's the author of the Glide Trilogy. Bill, you went from being a technology person at Accenture and a part-time writer to becoming a full-time writer and a part-time technology person. What? Tell us a little bit about how you got to the point where you were able to flip those. Uh, you know, I think I'm still pivoting, <laughs> to be honest. You're still flipping. You're in mid-flip. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, you know, the uh, the left brain, right brain thing is uh, is still kind of, you know, uh, switch, switching around for me. I, uh, I have to say, it was it was a transition. You know, after after spending so many years, uh, you know, sort of exercising the left brain, my right brain had atrophied to look like some kind of dried up fig or something. You know, <laughs> and so it required an awful lot of work to uh, to get it back in shape. But uh, you know, I, I had always been writing part time. Uh, you know, I'd get up. Uh, Get up real early in the morning. I'm more of a morning guy when it comes to writing, um, and spend uh, spend a few hours writing. And I have reams and reams of just lousy, lousy stuff that will never see the light of day, but serves as a reminder to me of, of what it's like to, uh, to to evolve, if you will. Um, and um, I reached the point, you know, um, after being a, a partner at Accenture for for out of more than a decade. I said, you know, you, you only have one life to live, um, so it's now or never. And, uh, you know, I decided to uh, to take the plunge, as they say, uh, and really sort of flip the uh, flip the equation so that it was, uh, you know, tilted more in favor of writing. I know most writers never really feel like they're as good as they want to be. Uh, but was there was there something that made you feel confident enough to, to try and take that leap? Uh, well, not you know, not not really. <laughs> it's not like there was. <laughs> I knew I was still lousy. I was lousy then, and you know, I'm still lousy now. I no, think, no, uh, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but all writers feel that way. I know. You know, well, it's 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 a it's a matter of uh, you know trying to figure out or realizing that you know when you sit down each day uh, you produce at least a few more gems than you did you know maybe the uh, the month before or the uh, the you know the year before and you start to see that progress and, and uh, feel better about it you know at the time that I made the break 
believe it or not, it had more to do with a life event than anything. Um, I had uh, I was living up in New Jersey at the time, and uh, New Jersey is one of the uh, hot spots for Lyme disease. Um, and uh, you know, it's, I mean, the whole Northeast is, but New Jersey is one of them. And I got it. I contracted it, and got a fairly aggressive case of it that wow. resulted in at the ripe young age of 44 of having to have uh, heart surgery. Wow! Um, oh my gosh! And I, you know, that was my wake-up call. That I, um, that was when I realized, uh, you know, you, you really do only get one shot. <laughs> so, it it had it had as much to do with realizing that uh, that time is running out. If I if I wanted to uh, to really be the writer that I always uh, had envisioned, you know, ever since really being in college. Um, so, uh, that was that was the moment more than uh, all of a sudden having a, a wild success under my belt or or somebody nudging me in. <clears throat> Definitely kind of puts things into perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It, it sure does, absolutely. So uh, some of our viewers out there may uh, be familiar with it, but can you tell us a little bit about Wattpad.com and how you got so popular on there? <laughs> you know, that was it. That, so I guess, you know, everybody does have flukes, right? So that was one of my, uh, that was one of my flukes. Um, I uh, I'm, I read I, and follow pretty closely Publishers Weekly, just trying to uh, be a good um, writing citizen and understand the uh, industry more. Uh, as I was making the break into it, um, you know that's sort of my background, right? It's uh, researching things sort of ad nauseum and then sort of jumping in. So uh, I had been you know religiously tearing out articles from. Uh, Publishers Weekly about uh, as I was writing my book, you know, about little places where I might market and, and that sort of thing. And you know, Wattpad, Wattpad was one of them that made it into this thick folder that I was uh, assembling. Um, but I never thought more about it. Then after my uh, book was published, uh, I um, I actually solicited, solicited a review from Publishers Weekly. It's you know they have a nice policy where it's not paid for when you're a self-published author. Uh, they'll actually review it. They they choose you to review it, um, and so I was uh, chosen, which was terrific, um, and got a good review. And the next thing I knew, uh, one of the marketing directors over at Wattpad uh, got in touch with me and said, "Hey, you're interested in um, you know putting up some of your book?" Uh, so I said, "Sure, why not?" Um, and it took off. It really, I mean, it really just took off. I really, I'd, I'd like to say, oh, it was, you know, my prowess, and I was doing some wonderful things, but uh, people just started reading it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, it's what, a. So I, I'm sorry, I just had one more quick question. So it's like a, it, it's an app, or it's a community. Uh, how, how does it work exactly? It's, a, it's a community. I, I kind of like to think of it. Uh, I know you guys are big on Goodreads, uh, so I'll, I'll be nice. But I think of it as a kinder, gentler Goodreads, in in the sense that the the people there, uh, when they follow and comment, uh, you know, you don't get as quite as harsh a criticism, which means you don't get quite as harsh criticism. So it's not as necessarily uh, constructive all the time. But um, but but uh, it is a community. They uh, book. They they build themselves as a mobile app, so most of the works are read on tablets and smartphones and things like that. However, they do have a web uh, presence, and so you know you can follow along on a website as well. <clears throat> I was curious what uh, what led you down the self publishing path. I know I know a lot of people come at it from different angles. Would were you banging your head against the wall trying to get publishers to to pay attention, or did you choose that from the beginning? Uh, no, I was initially banging my head. Definitely, um, I had you know done the usual 
just, you know, I, I don't know, I've got stacks of uh, rejection letters from agents and editors at just, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the proverbial sort of path to publishing, right? Um, I, I did uh, pitch slams and went to all the conferences and, uh, you know, even uh, did some uh, some uh, edit, uh, dinners with editors through one of the uh, New Jersey uh, local writing clubs and, and things like that. I actually, that's it, when I was proud, I had finished my first draft of Glide. This has had to be like 2009-ish. Um, and I um, actually got a bite from one of the agents that I had uh, solicited to. She started reading it, came back with some constructive uh, comments. We didn't sign anything. And then we had a long talk on the phone where she said, you know, it's, it's probably going to take me about two years to sell this book. <laughs> I, said, I said, really? Two years? Um, and that's when I said, you know, I, I, I know technology. I can do this. So... Uh, and the truth is, you know, nowadays uh, with print on demand where it is, and ebook, uh, you know, ebooks where they are, uh, social media where it is, etc., you can do it yourself, but it's pretty hard. You know, it really is. It's it's uh, it, it takes a ton of time. I would love to be represented in and have a publisher behind me. I think while I, I know there, I'd, I'd still have a lot of work to do. It would be nice to have somebody guiding me a little bit as opposed to figuring it out every day. So, Is it uh, mostly the promotion that you find hard or is it the whole thing from layout to covers to all of that? No, but you know, I actually, I, I enjoy the, I enjoy the layout cover thing. I actually, I, I'm lucky enough to have some friends who are in the graphics business. Uh, so if, you know, the covers for Glide and, and New Logic come from, uh, you know, with a lot of help from them. And I don't know if you've had a chance to, visit my website, but there's a bunch of other art there too that uh, portrays some of the, the world of Glide, uh, some of the inventions that uh, populate it. And th that also came from uh, from some of my friends. I'm pretty proficient with Adobe's Creative Suite, Illustrator, assembling things, you know, uh, Microsoft Word, all that sort of stuff, writing scripts, PHP, HTML, all that sort of fun stuff. So I, I don't have any problem assembling uh, the books. It's uh, it's really the promotion. I mean, it's, you know, it's promotion. And by the way, it's also the distribution. You just don't get put on bookshelves. You know, right. I mean, you have to really go store to store to get yourself on a bookshelf. Uh, yeah, I just wouldn't even know where to start. Yeah, it's not just the promotion to the readers. It's the promotion to the booksellers, too. Hmm. Precisely, precisely, and and that that actually probably is the hardest part. You know, to get yourself on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, iTunes, all those places, that's not so hard. I mean, it, you know, it's you just do it, right? And and the royalties aren't bad. You know, I mean, they're they're actually okay, uh, especially when it comes to eBooks, right? I mean, it just the, the the royalties are terrific. The problem is actually getting yourself distributed and getting yourself, um, uh, you know, into the print channel. I mean, it's just very very hard. So uh, well, that's where you, publishers come come to play. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, Glide Trilogy, GlideTrilogy.com. Uh, of course, we should mention your website, BillGurgi.com. Uh, J-G, I'm sorry, B-I-L-L, don't forget the bill part, B-I-L-L-G-O-U-R-G-E-Y. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah. uh, and we'll have it in the show notes as well. But tell us a little bit about the Glide show, Trilogy. Sure, I'd love to. Um, so... You know, it uh, it all started. It started from my roots, te technology, right? I have always been fascinated by technology. I've I've read a lot about. Uh, you know, I follow, as I said earlier, lots of different technology subject matter. Um, you know, everything from Thomas Kuhn and you know, uh, you know, the theory of scientific revolutions in in uh, 
Ray Kurzweil with his singularity, uh, you know, um, spiritual machine stuff, etc. Um, to, as I said, you know, applied uh, science and stuff. And you know, it's funny because um, you know, te technology really. It, I mean, look at us right here, right? We're using technology in new and novel ways that just a handful of years ago couldn't be done. In fact, I mean, we're trying a new technology tonight, right? So um, it's, it's, uh, it's all around us. It's part of us. And I wanted to explore that relationship, being that, you know, it's been such a big part of my life for, for so long, you know, from the first math contest I ever won back in, you know, high school to, uh, to today. I wanted to explore it. And I thought, you know, what, what better way to do it than from the perspective of an inventor, uh, you know, somebody who uh, who sort of lives and breathes it and just is part of it. So I actually did some research. I started looking into, you know, some of the icons of the past, you know, Newton and Tesla and Marconi and Edison and all these guys, right? Um, and I realized, well, you know, I'm not really a historical fiction kind of guy. I always grew up as more of a fantasy type of guy. Um, and I also wanted to be able to invent some things myself in the story, make, make some things up, uh, and, and sort of direct our, direct ourselves to, you know, direct uh, my readers to the future. So I realized, yeah, I'm going to have to make up this inventor. It's going to have to be a futuristic inventor and the world is going to have to be a futuristic world. And so that's, was sort of the, the, uh, inspiration for, uh, for Glide and, and how it kind of took off. <clears throat> and, and so how does new logic fit into that? So, Glide did not start as a trilogy. <laughs> it started as, a, as an individual book. Uh, but um, about two-thirds of the way through it, I started thinking, mm, you know, I'm not done yet. There's, there's more here. And the editor I, I uh, had uh, work with me to edit it started after my first draft was done, started jotting in my notes after, you know, in the, in the, you know, in the, in the margins, uh, in different places, sequel, sequel, sequel. Um, so it became pretty plain to me that there was at least a sequel to it. Um, and as I started mapping out the, uh, the sequel, um, I, I realized that this really is a, it, it really was a trilogy. Um, and so I'm, I'm, you know, deep in the throes of book three. So new logic was born out of, uh, glide and working on glide. Um, and, um, uh, what inspired that was, you know, with glide, what I, the, the, the seminal invention in glide is glide, uh, which is, uh, the ability to manipulate gravity. Um, and the, uh, impact such a, you know, such a revolutionary invention had on the world. Um, you know, what, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, that, that really is sort of the premise of it. Uh, New Logic um, looks at uh, augmented reality and gaming. Um, and so, you know, uh, the whole idea there is, okay, this, this new world of augmented reality uh, that will soon be upon us and is already starting to with Google Glass and, and things like that, um, you know, our, uh, will, uh, you know, what will the effect of that be? Coupled with gaming, I mean, you know, these morphed games, right, Warcraft and, uh, you know, Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto, and all, you know, they're, uh, they, they're, they have a bigger and bigger influence and if you follow game theory at all, it's arguable that uh, game theory very much, uh, or gaming very much mirrors evolution and evolutionary forces. And so you put the two together and you have new logic.
Got so that's it. That's, that's something that I both want to try and am deathly afraid of, it sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> well, yes. The, the, I'll put it this way. The game, you know, the, what I was striving for, the name of the game there is Neology, and, and uh, Neology is you know, sort of the invention of new words, and, and in this case it was new worlds, right, that I was uh, striving for. Um, but um, I wanted to try to create this sense of sort of an elevated form of existence. Um, you know, we, we're, as human beings, we're, we're intensely uh, status-conscious status creatures, right? Always striving for position. And it's part of our evolutionary makeup. It's part of, you know, what we're all about. And and the truth of the matter is that, as I said, in game theory, you know, that, that plays out. Um, that That is part of what it's all about. So I tried to create this sense and feeling uh, it, uh, it, when you're in this gaming world uh, of that. And, um, you know, one of the, the constructs is uh, something called uh, an augmented real-world interface, uh, an acronym that also is pronounced ARWE. Um, and so the whole, <laughs> the whole idea there is, uh, you know, this real-world interface kind of sort of takes over, um, you know, whenever you're in the gaming world. But allows you to play while you're just walking around, and uh, you know just absorbs and assimilates uh, objects in the real world into, uh, you know, your game. Um, so you're kind of playing and living at the same time, and you know that's sort of gaming extreme, I suppose, right? But uh, who's to say we won't be there someday? Especially you start looking at Google Glass. I mean, you, know, you guys, you guys probably, I'm sure, have heard of Ingress, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, Google's uh, Google's augmented reality game. I mean, it's it's all here. It's here. So, and Jerry Ellsworth's Rcast project and all of that just oh yeah, precisely exactly meshes up exactly. together. Cast AR, yeah. Cast AR. I always I always flip those. I don't know why. Um, like Rcast, Rcast. I want it to be more piratey, I guess. Gotcha. So do you call this a post-apocalyptic setting? Yeah, that you know, it's funny. It's uh, seems like a, yes and no. Yeah. It 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 is. You know. It, it's not. I would not. I would not classify it as sort of a hardcore. It's not hardcore sci-fi, you know. And it's sort of light fantasy, if you will, right? Um, it, it is post post-apocalyptic. I mean, there's so there's this period. There's this period. Uh, what what happens in Glide is, um, you know, the 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 way the story opens is. Uh, you're sort of with this uh, inventor, Doctor Magigate, in his uh, in his lab. As he's working through the final throes of inventing the ability to manipulate gravity, um, and uh, you know he's he had he's torn. I mean, I, you know, I try to I do my best to try to take it into the mind of a genius, right? Not being a genius, it's pretty hard to get into the mind of a genius. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> but but it it was fun to try to do, um, and you know I've had uh, mixed reviews on the success of it. But some people loved it. Uh, some people uh, you know kind of got lost, but. Um, he so he's torn and he's kind of he's, he's he's back and forth. He sees the dark side. He you know he remembers Otto Hahn and nuclear fission, right? He remembers, uh, you know some of the things that uh, turn the world topsy turvy. Some of the inventions that turn the world topsy turvy. And he sees the potential for that happening, with the ability to manipulate gravity. And so, um, you know he starts imagining that his lab is being surrounded and stuff. And sure enough, it is. And so literally at the moment of invention. His lab is invaded, and he has to go into hiding. And then the story opens up uh, in, uh, you know, many, you know, near, you know, nearly 100 years later, um, and 
uh, a period has taken place which is truly an apocalyptic type of period. There's been war, there's been plague, it's dominated by an organization called the Academy. Um, and it's a story about how, um, you know, Glide helped to sort of resurrect the world from that, but there's also sort of a dark twist to Glide too that you'd have to read the book to, you know. Right. <laughs> so it's like post-post-apocalyptic. It's not the Mad Max, like, everything just happened. It's a little well, you know, it, that's, yeah, that's it, Tom. That's, that's exactly it. So, you know, when I was writing it, I was thinking to myself, there are just too many uh, post-apocalyptic stories that are really just, you know, you know, uh, you know, McCarthy's The Road and, you know, all these, all these stories that are just, you know, so dark and, you know, we're just going to head back into being, you know, cavemen and, you know, the, 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 we just, we're just not capable of, of uh, sort of sustaining ourselves. And, and I, I actually don't believe that, you know, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. I actually think that when push comes to shove and, and we're pushed and, and our backs are up against the wall, uh, we tend to do the right thing. And so I, I'd like to think, and, and I'm probably being naive, but what the heck, um, I, I'd like to think that um, we can use our technologies to sort of lead us back out of the dark places that our biology and sort of self-interest lead us into, you know. And so that was the whole idea. This Glide era is a post-apocalyptic world, but it's not the post-apoc—it's—it's not the post-apocalyptic world of you know death and destruction. It's one of resurrection and renaissance. Gotcha. Um, speaking of something that is a little less on, not not on the dark side, moving towards more the renaissance. light. More renaissance, yes. Um, you write a lot of poetry as well. Can you tell us about uh, Outside the Box and, and what we would expect if we picked it up? Sure. It's uh, it, it's just it's a mixture of uh, a variety of, of poems. Um, you know, s some of them are dark, some of them are uh, are, are upbeat, um, and it's uh, you know I love I just love poetry. You know it. Uh, we live in a world, and, I, and when I was in the business world, um, everything is about, when you talk about writing, everything is about CBS theory, right? Clarity, brevity, sincerity. That's what you're supposed to write. You're, everything's supposed to be brief, to the point, bullet points, you know, bop, bop, bop. Um, and, and there's no appreciation for words or language. In fact, there's not supposed to be. Language gets in the way. If you could actually just sort of... Vulcan mind melds your thought into your clients, everything would be good, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, poetry to me is exactly the opposite. It's the appreciation of language and using language to uh, draw attention to itself and convey the thought that you're trying to convey. And I just love that. I love language. I love working with language. I love, you know, all the different tools and devices that uh, are there. Um, and so um, what you'll find in Outside the Box is a mixture of everything from haiku and tanka to free verse and uh, some rhyming uh, schemes. Um, and it's just, uh, just it, that to me was fun. Lots of fun. You know, writing novels is work. Fun work. I love it. But uh, writing poetry, poetry to me, it's like, um, it's a little bit like math, you know, it's just, uh, hmm. it's just sort of playing around and, and putting things together to, to really work. How funny. I would put that as the opposite of math in my mind. Like math, well, you have to follow a set of rules. I feel like with poetry, you can just kind of do whatever you want. It, well, you know, there's it's the it's the logic of assembling words to okay. create an effect, right? So the, it's the logic side of math. It's not the yes, it's not not the numeric side. It's the logic side. It's a little. It's like music, right? I mean, music is 
mathematical in nature, right? Um, harmonies and, and all that sort of thing. And so I, I think I, I sort of put music and, and poetry sort of in the same bucket um, and, and hence math. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you have meter and rhythm and, and yeah, all those sorts of things. Yeah, there's math elements to it, I suppose. Yeah. Exactly. So, well, you know what? Nowadays, here's what's, here's what's true. Poetry nowadays is very much free verse. Uh, you know, most most contemporary poetry that you read is is based in free verse, and so you know you don't think of sort of classic poetry and and meter and rhyme scheme and all that stuff that uh, everybody works so hard at. You know, from you know Milton's Paradise Lost. I mean, imagine imagine writing that uh, nowadays. I mean, really, people just don't take that on, right? Um, but um, so, but I love that kind of poetry. To me, that wordplay. Is is sort of the fun stuff in addition to just the uh, the thoughts themselves that are being conveyed. So. Well, before we let you go, uh, I want to get a little bit of advice out of you, especially as a a you know relatively fresh new writer. Uh, there's a lot of folks in our audience who want to be as far down the road as you are. What would you tell them about getting published, banging their heads against those walls? And, you know, what kind of advice would you would you give to yourself if you were just starting out again? Um, well, I, I put it this way. Uh, I, I think that, and when I went through a, sort of a, a roller coaster of emotions about the publishing industry and writing. So my first was, you know, when I started out extremely naive, I, I was sort of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, you know, ready to conquer the world and knew that I would find an agent and a publisher. And then I, you know, sort of slid into the dark abyss when none of that was happening and felt like the industry was sort of upside down and you know and all that sort of thing and I've kind of after spending a couple of years at the at the uh, you know publishing self-publishing um, game um, have come back around to appreciating uh, a lot of aspects of the publishing world um, so what I would say is you know self-publishing you you might get lucky and become one of the very very successful self self-published authors but it's a little like hitting the lottery. Um, nevertheless, uh, what I what I am finding is that um, self -pub self publishing is a good way to get attention, uh, get you know sort of take yourself out for your riding you know bike out for a spin with the training wheel still on, uh, and. Um, you know, learning a little bit about the craft, the industry, uh, etc. As I said, you might get lucky, um, especially if you're good at, at applying the social media. You, you might, you know, like Amanda Hawking and stuff, you really might be able to uh, turn it into something extremely uh, successful. But for the most part, I would say, you know, if you're a writer to be, or if, you're, if you just want to hit write one book, then write it and, you know, you self-publishing is perfect for you. If you want to be a writer, uh, I would suggest that self-publishing is probably a means to an end, and that's the way I'm looking at it uh, myself. And um, you know, uh, I, I I think it's probably a better way to to look at it as a new writer setting out. Um, hmm. But not to be afraid of it. The great thing is there's just a tremendous tools out there to help you do it and do it a lot more easily than you could even just five years ago. You know, so. That is absolutely true. I think I think Hugh Howie may disagree with you a little bit there, but <laughs> at the same time, he is he is the outlier. He is not the norm. <laughs> so. Right. <laughs> well, like I said, there's there's some people who just you know hit it out of the park, right, and uh, yeah. been extremely successful. Well, so. I, I feel like what you're saying is it can't hurt to try, mm -hmm. but don't count on that being your end game if you want to be 
making that your life. So. Right. I, that's what I would say. I mean, look, the publishing world—it's uh, right. It's an industry, right? I mean, it's it's a business. It's an industry, and and we love to think of uh, the artistry associated with it, and we sort of revere our favorite writers and uh, and so forth, and we should. Um, but you can't lose sight of the fact that it is actually an industry, and you can be an industry of one, but it's a whole lot easier to work with a team. Um, and be and 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 I, I see sort of the publishing world is uh, providing that. So. Fantastic. Well, Bill, thank you so much for joining us, and everyone can follow you over at BillGurgy.com? BillGurgy.com or, you know, uh, BillGurgy on uh, Twitter, and uh, Glide Trilogy is where you're, you'll, GlideTrilogy.com is where you'll find a lot more out about uh, Glide itself. So Fantastic. And that is B-I-L-L-G-O-U-R-G-E-Y. I got it. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> All right, and if you want to get more of us, uh, we are at swordandlaser.com. Our email address, if you want to get in touch, is feedback at swordandlaser.com. The phone number is 415-7-SWORD-6, and all of our discussions happen over on Goodreads. And I'm going to have to check out, what was the name of that website that you use? Uh, it was... Wattpad? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, check, Wattpad. Check that out. Wattpad. Very cool. All right, Bill, thank you so much, and we'll see you guys next time. Okay, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.